Today's Survivor Podcast is brought to you by Hulu Plus. Enjoy Hulu Plus anytime, anywhere for two weeks for free when you sign up with the link HuluPlus.com slash Rob. Coming to you live from my apartment, it's Rob Has a Podcast. And now, here's the man who's the star of Podcast the Musical, Rob Sesternino. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to our Survivor in-season coverage. Are we, Josh, are we officially in-season now? I think we're 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 preseason, preseason, pre-season. We're preseason. But preseason's upon us. That's exciting. Off season is over, baby. It's preseason survivor coverage here on Robinson Podcast, and this is the seven things you need to know about Survivor San Juan del Sur. And now here is a man who's going to be covering Survivor this season for Parade.com, and my great friend here he is, Mister Josh Wiggler. How are you? I'm great, Rob. It's so good to talk to you. It's been a while. Yes, yes. I haven't talked to you since yesterday. I know, I know. It's been a, it's been a minute. Uh, how's your summer going, Rob? Oh, it's just you know not big. We got Big Brother, ice bucket challenges. It's just everything. Yes, I saw that. You looked so good. You looked like uh, like a champion out there. So refreshing. It seems like it. That's I passed the underrated on the part challenge. of it. Yes, yes. Yeah. I donated. I, I'm not dumping ice on my head. I do enough stupid stuff over at Post Show Recaps. <laughs> yes. Okay. I, wore, I wore a dress on on YouTube. I'm okay. I'm what good. you should do is uh, you should do the leftovers challenge with people where it's like uh, you have to challenge people for, you know, pick your favorite charity and then do the leftovers challenge. And you have to watch the leftovers this summer if you don't want to donate money to charity. I thought you were going to say uh, nominate three people and then they disappear. <laughs> they dis- Or you disappear if you don't yeah. do it. Right. <laughs> All right. It's not bad. We could, we could try that. All right, so we are getting set up here for Survivor 29, and we're going to talk about the uh, top-line items here. We've got a list of seven things that you need to know about the newly released cast of Survivor San Juan del Sur, so I'm very excited to jump into that. Uh, Just a couple of quick programming notes here uh, pertaining to Survivor. Uh, We are getting ready for the audiobook that Stephen Fishback and I had been working on all summer long, The 49 Laws of Survivor, in which we took the classic 48 Laws of Power written by Robert Greene, and we gave you Survivor examples of how those were used correctly or incorrectly. And for people that pre-ordered The 49 Laws of Survivor, uh, we have a special feature that Stephen Fishback and I are working on. We're going to do the Survivor Think Tank 2 uh, which we take a look at twists that you guys are suggesting for us. And maybe they'll even work better than some of the twists planned for Survivor San Juan del Sur. Uh, that show is actually going to be moved till next weekend because uh, in our planning, Josh, we didn't realize that it was Labor Day and a lot of people aren't able to watch the show this upcoming weekend. So that is actually going to be moved to Saturday, September 6th, uh, the day before the first Sunday of the NFL season. Uh, that's going to be at 6 p.m. Eastern 3 p.m. Pacific. So uh, that think tank is going to be moved to next weekend. The book is going to be delivered uh, over this weekend for those people that already have pre-ordered the 49 Laws of Survivor. But the think tank, too, is actually going to be next Saturday. And that show is exclusively for the people who have pre-ordered the 49 Laws of Survivor or if you're a patron 
of Rob Has a Podcast. That's the only show that we're going to do that's going to be like that. So if you want to get your ideas in for that show, The Think Tank 2, you can do that. I've gotten so many already, but we love seeing them, and I want to get as many as we can. You can do that at robhasawebsite.com slash thinktank2, or well, to the number two, or you could also go ahead and use our voicemail line at robhasawebsite.com slash voicemail. I'm excited for all of these things. I'm excited for the Think Tank 2. I loved Think Tank 1, uh, and I feel, you know, uh, as we're going back to the drawing board here with, with Blood versus Water 2 and bringing back Exile Island after so many seasons on the bench, I feel like, you know, let's, let's get the creative juices flowing. Let's start talking about some, some new ideas for Survivor. So I'm, I'm very excited to listen to what you and Steven have to say there. And, of course, very pumped for the audiobook. Uh, that, that's so, such a fun idea, Rob. Yes, it is a lot of fun. And if you want to listen to a free sample of that here, basically the first half hour of the book, which is the first chapter and the introduction, you could listen to that at robhasawebsite.com slash 49 laws. You could click the banner designed by Eric Reichenbach on the right hand side. And congratulations to Eric Reichenbach, who is uh, recently married. Hooray. Congratulations. Mazel. Mazel tov. Yes, congratulations to Eric Reichenbach, a uh, very good guy and uh, very happy for him. That's awesome. That's yes. really great. And he can now be as happy as the rest of us married guys. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, we're very happy. Yes. Uh, maybe he could be on uh, Blood vs. Water 3. <laughs> oh, okay. That'd be fantastic. That'd be good. Okay. So let's uh, start to jump into this. Of course, if you want to make sure you're locked in for all of our Survivor coverage this season, make sure you subscribe to Rob Has a Podcast. You can do that on iTunes at robhaswebsite.com slash iTunes, or for our Survivor-only version of the podcast, Rob has a website.com slash Survivor Podcast. So, Josh, seven things that we want to talk about, and the first couple are casting-related. And so let's start off here. We cannot bury the lead that we have another athlete coming to Survivor, Josh, and that is former Atlanta Braves and Cleveland Indians closer... (laughs) John Rocker and his girlfriend, Julie McGee. Oh, McGee's. I'm a little nervous being a New Yorker. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about John Rocker being on Survivor. OK, now let's take this for people. And we do have a lot of fans who are not huge sports fans. And uh, maybe we should take some time to explain what John Rocker's claim to fame is because I'm sure some people are like, okay, well, what's the big deal? Because, you know, we've had Jeff Kent play Survivor before. We've had Jimmy Johnson. We've had Cliff Robinson. So, okay, we've had a professional athlete on the show before. I don't understand what the big deal is. But John Rocker is famous not so much for his activities on the field, but he is famous for some of the things that he said off the field during the time of his dominance in Major League Baseball, Josh. Just a, a picture of tolerance and acceptance, this man. Yes. Well, he's most famous for in 1999. Now, he was a pretty much a lights-out closer for the Braves like in the late 90s uh, during their run. And if you were a New Yorker, during their rivalry, the height of their rivalry with the Mets. And so in the December 27th, 1999 issue of Sports Illustrated, uh, the reporter talked to John Rocker about his experience playing in New York City and whether he would ever play for the Yankees or the Mets. 
And what he quoted with his quote was that he said, you know, I'd retire first. It's the most hectic, nerve-wracking city. Imagine having to take the 7 train to the ballpark, looking like you're riding through Beirut, next to some kid with purple hair, next to some queer with AIDS, right next to some dude who just got out of jail for the fourth time, right next to some 20-year-old mom with four kids. It's depressing. The biggest thing I don't like about New York, (laughs) there's more, uh, are the foreigners. You can walk an entire block in Times Square and not hear anybody speaking English. Asians and Koreans and Vietnamese and Indians and Russians and Spanish people and everything up there. How the hell did they get in this country? Wow. Good thing he's not playing on Cook Islands, I'll tell you that much. (laughs) That would be a very tough season for John Rocker. You know, it's not nearly as charming when John Rocker is saying these things than if, per se, Rudy might have been saying these things. Yeah, but it's also not 2000. Uh, so I think well, even Rudy's saying tec- these things now would be Technically, uh, well, yeah, it, it, this it, was it, 1999 when he said true. these things. So should, does, should John Rocker get a pass like, like Rudy got a pass in the year 2000? No. <laughs> no, you know, uh, <laughs> I've been uh, riding the subway... Uh, with uh, next to some queer with AIDS, and uh, let me tell you, I don't even know what MTV means. Uh, well, that's not horrible for Rudy. <laughs> you know, he could go worse, I think. <laughs> so, yeah, it might have been a maybe we would have laughed if Rudy said these things. But no, John Rocker, that we were, uh, we were up in arms, especially as Mets fans. This we, was a this was a big deal. This no, was oh, this was hated, very big deal. Hate John Rocker. Hated John Rocker, and he, he was such a douche. Because what he would do was he would run out of the at out of the bullpen where they would like announce him like now coming into the game John Rocker and then he would like run into like the Ultimate Warrior would like run to the ring he was the only guy that he ran like a lunatic out to the mound every other baseball pitcher would walk to the mound or like you know a little jog he sprinted to the mound like a like a real a hole he kind of looks like the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> does, without like the makeup but and, and the long hair although his hair is kind of long now for survivor now john rocker is also one of the inspirations for the amazing tv show eastbound and down that uh danny mcbride's character kenny powers is based in some part on john rocker and i think that Kenny Powers might be the only person I can think of off the top of my head who is uh, less suited for a survivor than John Rocker. <laughs> no, I, think Kenny, Kenny, I think Kenny Powers would do worse. Yeah, Kenny Powers is sort of like on Survivor. It would be like if John Rocker and Johnny Fairplay had a baby. I think that would be Kenny Powers. Oh, my God. That's a terrifying thought <laughs> for so many reasons. There's so many things about that that, oh, man. Because Kenny Powers... Perfect. I think would have a, a better social game than John Rocker. Like Kenny Powers is like a likable guy. I don't think that's true. He's he's funny to watch because he's not real. But I think everybody in Kenny Powers' life is pretty fed up with him. <laughs> I think they're unless you're Stevie Janowski, who would also actually do very poorly on Survivor. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, John Rocker is now on the show, and you gotta think that. John Rocker uh, is not well-suited for the game of Survivor, right? 
Well, he even thinks that he's not going to do well. Uh, did you catch his interview with Dalton Ross? Dalton posted you know, his, some of his pregame interviews over at Entertainment Weekly uh, when the cast is getting rolled out. And Rocker tells Dalton Ross when Dalton Ross asks which which one of you is going to win, you or Julie. And John immediately points to Julie, Julie pointing to herself. And John Rocker says, yeah, we athletic types, we tend to go pre-merge. So he has no confidence in himself to do well either. So I think the, the overwhelming consensus is John Rocker is not going to do well this season on Survivor. But the problem is I think he thinks he's not going to do well because athletes have not done well in the past. And I don't think that's why he's not going to do well. Um, why isn't he going to do well? Well, let's take a look at some of the other things uh, in John Rocker's highlight reel. As recently as uh, 2013, Josh, uh, John Rocker told the conservative website World Net Daily uh, the Holocaust could have been prevented if there weren't, were not, gun control laws uh, in Germany. So, Oh, oh wow. <laughs> if only someone had come up with that, you know, back then. Yes, that, so if they had the right to bear arms... In Germany, that would have uh, prevented the Holocaust. That would have been great for my people. Yes. <laughs> he could, he could I have. really wish John Rocker had been, you know, terminated back to the 1940s in Germany so he could, have, he could have let somebody know. In December of 2011, according to Wikipedia, uh, John Rocker admitted to using steroids uh, and said that, uh, yes, I was using steroids. I mean, who was it? Let's be honest here. Well, listen, uh, honesty is the best policy, especially on Survivor. So that's great. Yes. And so (laughs) John Rocker also has a campaign that he started uh, back a few years ago uh, where he sells T-shirts that say speak English. So uh, he's very much for English being the national language of the United States. Uh, He sells T-shirts and as recently as this past spring, uh, he was in Cooperstown selling his Speak English t-shirts to people and then also selling the chance to go out drinking with John Rocker. So you have to, do you think after you buy the chance to go out drinking with John Rocker, you also have to buy him a drink? Or is he going to buy you a drink? He'll buy the first round. And then you got to buy the rest? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. So John Rocker just seems like a despicable human being he's an intense uh piece of doo-doo it sounds like yes now again maybe i'm judging this book by its cover uh i don't know i don't have the cover to his book what does it look like <laughs> the, book, the, the book is called well the book is well, i'm actually looking at the cover of the john rocker uh book it's called uh, Scars and Strikes, and uh, the <laughs> it is available on Amazon if you want if you want to check it out. Scars and Strikes, Scars and Strikes. Uh, there are uh, actually two reviews of the John Rocker autobiography, and they're both a uh, five star rating. So it must be a uh, a great book. Oh, I'm looking at the cover right now, and he's throwing a ball of fire at you. <laughs> yes. Yes, it looks a lot like Kenny Powers' autobiography. Uh, I'm effing in, you're effing out. No, I believe it's you're effing out, I'm effing in. Oh, that's right. How silly of me. I have it backwards. Um, 
Which so, is a great read. Yeah. So John Rocker, uh, you know, he's there. It's going to be fun, I think. You know, I think he's going to make Brad Culpepper look like Tim Tebow in that, you know, if you thought Brad Culpepper might have been, you know, somebody who was hard to get along with, I think that Brad Culpepper is going to look uh, saintly compared to John Rocker. I just don't see him uh, getting along with people well at all. I think people already know who he is from watching some of the other cast bios. And I would not be surprised to see John Rocker be the first person booted off of Survivor 29. Which is his great fear, uh, as he admitted in his CBS bio video, is uh, the only thing he does not want is to get voted out first. He, he doesn't think he could handle the embarrassment of that. So, I don't know. It doesn't look good. It, it, could, be, it could be pretty bad for John Rocker out there. I, I just don't see how he does well in, in this season. Uh, that's, a, that's a hard person to put on Survivor and expect to do well. I was at Shea Stadium, I believe, in the year 2000 after John Rocker. You know, he had like a, a short suspension for the things that he said. And I was there with my dad. Uh, I think it was like, you know, May or June in the first game where he was back in New York after saying the things that he said in Sports Illustrated. And it was such a big deal. And then he came into the game and we, boo, boo, boo. you know, he was such a hated guy, you know. Chipper Jones was really uh, one of the hated guys, and then the Mets fans would call him Larry when he came up. But he was, you know, at least Chipper Jones, you know, you could say he was a good player, but we hated him because he was a brave. But this is guy, eh, we just hated him so much. I think even the Yankee fans hated him because of what he said about New York. Yeah, and you know, I'm not even a big sports guy by any stretch of the imagination. And I was a kid, you know, I was really young when when all of the rocker drama was happening. It was 1999, so I must have been like, I don't know, 8th, ninth grade at the time. And uh, my friends, uh, my, one of my closest friends was just an enormous Mets fan. And uh, he he was devastated by it, and it would be all he would talk about. And I would, I would get really caught up in it as well. And just everywhere you would go, it would be a lot of rocker hate back then. And, you know, this guy was killed by Derek Jeter on Celebrity Deathmatch. So there was a lot of hate for this guy and a lot of notoriety around him. So... For all these years later to, to see him kind of popping back up in this way, I think is, uh, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not wild about the casting, Rob. I, I will be honest. I mean, just think about all the people that he's managed to offend. You have New Yorkers. Right. Homosexuals. Yes. Asians. Mm-hmm. Koreans. Also <laughs> Asian. Vietnamese people. Uh, Indi- just the blanket, the blanket Indians, group Asians. Yes. <laughs> Russians. Spanish people. He also... Uh, <laughs> People who've gone to jail, so Vetus should not be very happy with this guy. Yes, uh, you know, pregnant, uh, pregnant teenagers. Um, allegedly, he referred to uh, former African-American teammate Randall Simon as a fat monkey. Oh. <laughs> He's horrible. He's a horrible yeah. person. Yeah, this is a bad guy. Uh, this is a very bad guy. I don't. I don't know. This is not great. No, it's not great. Uh, now, do you feel like he should he not be on Survivor? Yeah, I don't think he should be on Survivor. Yeah. If it, if if you know, I had any any say, which 
Barry, obviously I do not. I, <laughs> they didn't consult with you on this one? They did not talk to me about this, Rob. I told them to run these decisions past me. Uh, no, I, I, no, no, this guy should not be on Survivor. I think that this is, this is bad. This is not great. I understand wanting to get controversial people on the show. You want people on Survivor who are going to butt heads with each other, who are going to cause drama, who are going to you know, create big explosive moments on TV. But the thing is, is I feel like in, in recent you know, certainly in these past two seasons that we're just coming off of, you know, Survivor was really good about casting these controversial types of personalities, but could also play the game, uh, also weren't just, you know, despicable people. So it's just, it's, I feel like this is taking steps back. I feel like casting John Rocker is several steps back for Survivor casting, which I think has otherwise been really pretty decent lately. So, I mean, what would be the limit? of some the controversial person that we could have on survivor like i know we want to bring people in i let's could we have casey anthony on an upcoming season no! of Survivor? no why isn't she she's innocent i don't think you could have casey anthony on survivor i think when you have casey anthony on survivor you're now talking about like evil celebrity survivor edition <laughs> I don't think I don't think you could do that. George Zimmerman. I don't think you can have people who uh have gunned people down in broad daylight on Survivor other than, you know, maybe uh war veterans. <laughs> I, think I don't that, know. That's allowed. You don't think that would be like uh all right, Steven, what do you what do you think tonight? Casey Anthony, did she make a good move in the game tonight? You don't <laughs> I don't know that I would want to listen to that know it alls. But don't you think it does? Shouldn't Casey Anthony want to take George Zimmerman to the final two? Isn't that the only way she could win the game? There's probably no one else she can beat. <laughs> I don't know. We could be getting there. <laughs> oh man, what do you think? Should Should John Rocker be allowed on Survivor? Uh, I I mean, I yes, I think he should be allowed. But I kind of think that he needs to be the first person kicked off. I mean, I feel like I, you know, I think we're sort of blurring the lines here between the celebrity version and, you know, and the not like, I mean, we're sort of, you know, finding, you know, some of the most detestable people that we possibly could find and putting them on the show in, in, in John Rocker. Yeah. And here's the thing. I actually have, you know, very little problem with putting you know, former athletes or a former TV star like Lisa Welchel on Survivor, if they seem, you know, kind of genuinely into going out there yes. for Survivor. And I think, you know, Jeff Kent, I I love Jeff Kent on Survivor. Uh, he, he came out there to play. He had some game. It didn't work out for him, but he went out there to play. Uh, and I, I think that's a big deal. And when you're, when you're looking into some of these interviews, again, the Dalton Ross interview, just he... Rocker seems so apathetic. It, it just seems like he's just there to be a celebrity on Survivor, and that's no good. You know, Brad Culpepper, he's going to go out there and he's going to play Survivor, and he's not going to play it well, but he's going to go out there and he's going to play Survivor because that's the reason that he wants to go out there. He wants to go play Survivor with his wife, and I feel like for Rocker, this is just like another celebrity thing to do, uh, and it does not help at all that he just seems like a very bad dude. And he just seems like he's got that smug look on his face. Just want to wipe that smug look off his face. I've been looking at that smug look for going on <laughs> 25 years. 
How excited Tired of are it. you? How excited are you to to have him on your podcast? Probably uh, <laughs> a month from now. Yeah. Uh, you know, we might have to uh, talk uh, exclusively about uh, you know the uh, <laughs> 1999 NLCS. Wow. Uh, no. But in all seriousness, you know, I will, you know, always be as professional as, you know, a, a person who podcasts about reality TV uh, <laughs> should be. So not but, very professional but, at all. Professional in quotes. But right. yeah, I have to say, you know, w- you know, we'll we'll get past this and, you know, we just got we have to address it here in talking about the reaction to this person being cast on the show. But once the bell rings on Survivor, we'll talk about John Rocker, the Survivor player, but I don't think it looks good for him. And I think that the the question will soon turn into, can, you know, John Rocker's girlfriend, Julie McGee, can, what are her chances to possibly overcome this? Yeah, so what, what do you think? Uh, can somebody who's coming into the game with John Rocker do well on Survivor? You know what? I think that potentially she might be able to overcome this. I mean, she seems like she's somewhat sharp uh, and she might be able to actually be a player in the game. You know, I need to uh, read up more on her and finish uh, watching all of their interviews together. But uh, no, I, I don't think that she is necessarily she doesn't seem like she's just totally like she she wasn't with him all this time so i don't think that she's somebody who's sort of like lived in his shadow sort of like a monica culpepper and brad culpepper where they were like high school sweethearts and brad culpepper was all always the guy and you know monica was always in the shadow it seems like they've only been together for a couple of years so i don't think that she's totally you know beholden to uh you know being uh the girlfriend of john rocker yeah she seems like she actually has some game yeah. uh I, i'm actually kind of you know, I'm a little bit impressed by her. I, I think she, I think she might have a have a decent shot. Yeah, uh, but it's gonna it's gonna be tough to overcome being attached to this guy. I yeah, think. she could actually be somebody to watch out for. So uh, more on that story as it develops. All right, are you ready to talk about number two? The second thing you need to know about always, Survivor. Sam always Wendell's ready Zero. to talk number two. Yes. All right, and here we go. Josh, we have two more familiar faces here for us on Survivor San Juan del Sur. It is Natalie and Nadia of Amazing Race fame are the first Amazing Racers to ever compete on Survivor. Twinnies. I love the Twinnies. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Twinnies. I know some people have said they're polarizing as well. It's the Twinnies where the Twinnies say or the people who have watched the Twinnies, some people uh, can't stand them. Other people can't get enough of them. I am in the group that I really like the Twinnies. I think this is great casting. And, you know, it's like almost when they got when they lost on the Amazing Race, and now they were on Amazing Race, I believe it was 21 the first time they came in fourth. They just competed on the Amazing Race 24, which was All-Stars, and they were the first ones off. And it was sort of like, oh, man, that kind of sucks. Well, that's, that's probably it for them. You know, CBS said, hey, why are we wasting this great casting that we found, these identical twins? They're great TV. Why are we throwing them away? Let's use them again. Um, so I'm not an Amazing Race guy. Uh, so I had heard that, tw- that the 20s were going to be on Survivor. I'd heard rumors that that was going to be the case. I, I wanted to wait and see what the official cast looked like. 
before I really, uh, you know, took a closer look at them. Uh, but now that the cast is out, now that they are officially on, I've been doing a, a moderate amount of YouTube research into the twenties, and they are cracking me up. They, these two seem hilarious, uh, and I, I guess there are people who are not fans of them. Is is that a thing? Because I yeah, don't see how them. they seem. They seem amazing. They, well, they are amazing. Here's the thing about Natalie and Nadia. You know, um, they are high energy, and yeah. they are always like, "Come on, Twinny, let's go, let's go. Come on, come on, Twinny, let's go. Come on, Nadia, come on, Natalie." You know, and they're you know, it's constant. That doesn't ever stop on the right. Amazing Race. So yeah. they're they're constantly like rooting for each other. So if they're like doing a competition, the one that's not doing the competition is like you know cheerleading for them hardcore and it really drives everybody else crazy <laughs> so <laughs> so when one of them is, is doing it but it's going to be interesting to see what that dynamic is going to be if they're on the same tribe um you know that's going to be interesting to watch if they're on opposite tribes uh will they be rooting for each other in the same vocal way so they don't really have a filter but the the opposite side of that coin josh is that they, sometimes they're either completely rooting for each other or they get into huge fights with each other so they are like this they have this great energy and they're cheering for each other so much that it annoys everybody else but then when things start to go wrong they're at each other's throats and they're horrible to each other they're like come on you idiot you fool you idiot you blew it and they're terrible to each other and that's what happened on the amazing race this past time on the all-stars that they just destroyed each other. And they were the first ones out because they just turned on each other. So then, do you see a possibility that Nadia could vote for Natalie or vice versa? Is this one of these relationships out here that could be uh, a Sierra versus Laura where, where somebody is turning on each other? Or are they, are there, is their closeness going to override that? Can, can they turn against each other on this season? Um, would they ever vote each other out? I, I don't think think that they would <laughs> i don't think that they would but i could see them like getting into fights that sort of you know blow one of their two games where you know i could see them like they're very they have a short fuse and they really they blow up each other and like call each other out call them idiots but then they then they get back together very quickly after that but i could see them like getting into a fight that ends up you know ruining the game for one of them like like Oh, why don't you tell me what you told them? And, and, you know, something like that where they are very, very quick to, you know, uh, have this big blow up. You don't see one of them writing down the other's name and say, this, there's only room on this island for 120. <laughs> no, I don't think that that would happen. But it would be interesting because we've really never seen them isolated from one another on The Amazing Race. And, you know... Looking at this season of new people in the Blood versus Water, where we looked at the first season of Blood versus Water, where it's like, okay, we know Tyson, okay, what's his girlfriend like? We know, we know Otis, what's his brother like? We know, yeah. um, you know, Monica, what's her husband like? These people are all new people. It feels like almost like we're looking at the cast of The Amazing Race, and it's like, oh, okay, these are the, you know, the cop and firefighter. These are the, you know, oh, this is the mom and dad team. This is the father and son. And so it's, it feels like we're looking at a cast of The Amazing Race. And it's even weirder because we have a people that we know from The Amazing Race who were here. Right. And on top of that, Josh, we've got the cast of The Amazing Race just came out. And there's two people from Survivor. 
Oh God! Everything is black is white, up is down, short is long. Uh, everything, everything you know is wrong. Yes, and if you didn't know that, Whitney and Keith from Survivor South Pacific—they're on the Amazing Race. And there's a Keith on this season of Survivor. Yes, there's two. There's two team Wheats in our CBS reality TV. Unbelievable. Yes, uh, we have Whitney and Keith on The Amazing Race, and Wes and Keith on Survivor. Uh, thank you to Alex Wilpon for pointing out the uh, duplication of Team Weath this season. Too much Weath. Too much Weath to go around. So Natalie and Nadia are here on The Amazing Race. I'm sorry, on Survivor, uh, looking for redemption from Amazing Race All-Stars. And they are the first Amazing Racers to ever compete on survivor now and now we have totally incestuous everything is you know we have hayden he's been on big brother now he's on survivor now natalie and nadia so now you just have to get on to one of these shows it doesn't matter what show you want to be on and then you can cross over well big brother is still the nut to crack right no survivors on big brother other than you know guest appearances yeah no survivor has ever played big brother although russell hance's brother did go play survivor so it's tough to get into that big brother house once you've been on survivor and no amazing racer has ever played big brother okay so the other question i have is first blood versus water hayden moss big brother champion comes to play survivor lots of expectations he's a big brother champ gonna do probably gonna do decently well on survivor or he's gonna be targeted for being a threat what do you think in terms of the 20s coming to Survivor. Anything even remotely resembling the equivalent of Hayden Moss, or is that a laughable concept? I think it's somewhat laughable because I don't think you think of the twenties as like strategists or anything like that. They are probably they're fierce competitors and they're really strong and they're tough. And so you would worry about them as challenge threats, but I think in the pre-merge you would at least want them on your team. Hayden you would probably say, okay, well, he's, a, he's one big brother. He's a winner. Yeah. We want to target him because he's a winner. Not necessarily because I think people felt like, oh, Hayden, he's a winner. you know, Or from big brother, watch out. He's a strategic threat. I think you said he's a physical guy. But I think you said, okay, well, he's already won a show. And that was probably the biggest strike against him. I don't think that Natalie and Nadia have that. No, does, doesn't seem that way. Does I don't think people will be biased against them. Uh, John Rocker might be biased against them for different reasons. <laughs> and and oh, you no. kind of hope, you, you know, I would love to see maybe uh, the John Rocker, uh, you know, alone with the 20s for a couple hours uh, and think that would be very fun to watch. But so we'll be f- I am very excited to see the 20s on Survivor. It's going to be interesting. Uh, I just... Uh... Uh, I'm enjoying discovering the 20s for the first time. They seem very funny. Yes. I'll post the link to my last interview with Natalie and Nadia after they got eliminated from The Amazing Race. Uh, It was a very fun call that I did with them a couple of months ago. So uh, we'll check that out. And uh, very much looking forward to seeing them. And hopefully by the end of the season, I will be able to tell you which one is Natalie and which one is Nadia uh, without having to really think about it. Well, it sounds like they, uh, it, it's hard to tell them apart because sometimes they deceive you. Uh, I, I was looking up on some of their Amazing Race stuff, and I guess uh, back in the day they used to take each other's midterm exams. Uh, one, of the, one of them broke up with the other one's boyfriend for them. 
they don't I don't think they look identical. I think it's just hard to uh remember because their names are so similar sounding that it's hard to remember which one is which. Natalie Nadia, Nadia Natalie. Yes, yeah, so it's it's hard to remember exactly uh which one is which. I'll come up with some sort of mnemonic device by the end of it because you in on on Amazing Race you never had to really remember which one is which other than like if one was doing a task and the other one wasn't you know it's always like okay uh, so here come natalie and nadia natalie and nadia are here natalie and nadia coming forth natalie and nadia you know did the roadblock or whatever on survivor i'll have to talk about them you know as separate entities and there's really in you know stemming from that there's really no way for you to tell at this point how one of them will do over the other or how they'll do individually because you're usually thinking of them, if not always thinking of them, kind of as this two-headed beast. It happens with the Amazing Race teams, like the country singers uh, that have been on two seasons of the, Amaz- of the Amazing Race that I podcast about, Jen and Caroline. I could not tell you what Jen is good at and what Caroline is good at. They're just, they're just a unit, Jen and Caroline, and I could tell you as a team, okay, these are the things that they're okay at, these are the things they're not okay at, but it would be very hard for these Amazing Race teams, especially the same-sex ones, are super tough to be able to uh, differentiate you know, what one is good at, what the other one is good at. Got it. Okay. Let's talk about number three here, Josh, in our list of the seven things you need to know about Survivor San Juan del Sur. And Josh, I know that you are a comic book guy and you are a New Yorker. So Josh, have you taken in Spider-Man the musical? You know, I have. I have seen Spider-Man turn off the dark twice, actually. I saw it once before they did all of these big revisions to the story because it was such a disaster, and then I saw it afterwards. Uh, so I am, I am uh, maybe I am the, the person with the most knowledge on both Survivor and Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark until this season. Okay, well, are you familiar with the work of Reed Kelly? Uh, I believe that's the man behind the mask. Yeah, so he was Spider-Man in the play? No, so the way that this works is that there are a lot of different Spider-Men uh, in the Spider-Man musical, in Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. There's one guy whose name is actually sounds a lot like Reed Kelly, uh, this actor Reeve Carney, who plays Peter Parker. And then what they'll do when they have the Spider-Man scenes is they will have a bunch of different people dressed up as Spider-Man swinging around the theater. So one person swings over your head, and then Spider-Man swings back over your head, and back and forth and back and forth. And they're all different people dressed as Spider-Man. So a bunch of different actors, and I believe Reed Kelly is one of these Spider-Men. Okay. So... But hey, that's more Spider-Man than you or I. uh, Yeah. Now, is that wrong for one of the Spider-Men to take credit as being the Spider-Man? I don't think he's taking credit as the Spider-Man, is he? I don't know. I felt like, uh, oh, Spider-Man. Yeah, they're calling him Debut Spider-Man. Debut Spider-Man. Okay. Uh, this is almost like saying I'm Doctor Who, right? Are you one of the doctors? <laughs> okay. I know that he regenerates. Yes. Did, did he ever take on the form of Rob Sesternino? Not yet. Not yet. All right. So here's Reed Kelly. And Reed Kelly uh, is with his boyfriend, Josh Canfield. That's right. First Survivor Josh. First Survivor Josh. I'm very excited about that. Okay. So uh, do you think that being a Spider-Man will give anybody an advantage in the Survivor game. Well, if it was, if it was really Spider-Man, <laughs> then yeah. 
you know, because you're you've got super strength and you can shoot webs and you could probably do really well in challenges that require you to climb things. Uh, you also have your spider sense, which tingles when when trouble is around the corner. So if somebody is about to blindside you, you'd probably be able to figure that out. But if you're just playing Spider-Man, probably not. Now, he is an aerialist, according to his bio. He's a yes. Broadway performer, model and aerialist. Yes. I mean, and that could, you know, come in handy. Uh, that kind of training, I think. You know, the challenges on Survivor can be weird enough that something like that could be useful, uh, depending on the challenge. So that's not bad. And maybe he can climb some trees, chop some coconuts. Now, the other interesting thing about the uh, Josh and Reed, in addition to being gay, they are also uh, gay people who are very into the Bible. Yes, they are very into their Christianity, yes. it seems like. So uh, they are the... Again, using amazing race terminology, they, they are the gay Christians. That's, that's what it would say under their, uh, under their names during confessionals? Yes, that's what it would say on the amazing race. And so you gotta, you got to see these guys uh, with John Rocker now. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> see, now, I, you know, I said, like, oh, I don't know if John Rocker should be on Survivor, but now I'm dying to see every single person in this cast play with John Rocker. Well, that's the thing is, like, so it's happening. It happened. Yes. This is, ha- this is happening. It's a th- you either, it's, it's, the, it's the whole problem. It, it's how you deal with accidents. If, you're, you know, if, you're, if, you've, if your car has slipped on ice, you're supposed to turn into it. You don't want to resist the accident. So the accident has happened, and now we've got to lean into it. So yeah, you've got to imagine that the John Rocker with Reed or Josh scenes are going to be ridiculous. Yeah, I think that would be very fun. Potentially very explosive. I don't know if I would say fun, but certainly big. Yes, because they're not just gay. They're also New Yorkers. They're New Yorkers. (laughs) Very religious. uh, Very gay. Uh, You know, one of them was Spider-Man, who is a big New York icon. So who knows? Might Might not go so well. Yes. Now, it seems like I'm always looking for patterns in the casting on the CBS reality shows. Now, Frankie Grande, who is on Big Brother, now he is the brother of mega, mega pop star Ariana Grande, Josh. I'm not sure. I know you don't follow the Big Brother, but uh, you know the Ariana Grande? I am aware. Yes. Mega, mega pop star Ariana Grande. So her brother, Frankie Grande, is uh, he was formerly in Mamma Mia. And so... Interestingly, we don't have a lot of Broadway people ever on the CBS reality shows. And now in one summer, uh, we have Frankie Grande and now we have uh, Josh and Reed. Maybe we can get uh, Adina Menzel for season 30. <laughs> Maybe. All right. or, or Adele Dazim, perhaps. All right. So uh, those are the stunt casting section people of Survivor 29. Okay, so now, now we're done you- with... Do you feel decently about uh, if you had to pick one of of the stunt casting survivors? Who do you think can do well? Any of them? I would say Josh and Reed. If I had to put my money on, okay, you have to pick one of the three pairs, gun to your head, and if one of them doesn't win, then we're going to pull the trigger. I would say, give me Josh and Reed. I feel like they would have the best chance of those six people. Who are you placing bets with? <laughs> who's, who's got a gun to your head? John Rocker. Oh, my God. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. He's, he says, hey, if it wasn't for this gun, there'd be another Holocaust right now. 
you're just another New Yorker to me. <laughs> you right. have no idea how many of you I've killed. Yes. So I would say give me Josh and Reed. I vote for Josh as well because I have to root for a fellow Josh. Yes. It's hard. Listen, you're, you're Survivor Rob. There have been so many Robs on Survivor that you can identify with. You have no idea what it's like for the rest of us who have never had people with our names on Survivor. And now I finally have my Survivor Josh. Can't let me down. Don't you want Josh to do bad that way when you go on Survivor that he'll be the Josh that sucks? Yeah, actually, you're right. <laughs> you don't want to have, like, if he comes in, like, second, it's like, boy, I got I to gotta at least get to the final two if I, I'm not going to be the Josh that sucks. Well, with all due respect, you made it to top three, and you're the Rob who sucks. <laughs> That's true, but then very quickly after I made it to top three, a Rob that doesn't suck made it to top two. That's true. I had a year where I was not the Rob that sucks. I was the Rob that doesn't suck. The Rob that doesn't suck was the Rob that sucks. Actually, he was probably one of the Robs who suck. And then all of a sudden, he goes to the top two a year later, and now I'm the Rob that sucks. So let Josh Canfield have this year to be the Josh that rules. And then a year from now, in Fans versus Favorites 3, I'll take him down. Okay. All right, let's go to number four. And this is a big one. This isn't casting related. Now, the other six teams that are on the show, we're not going to spend too much time on them here in this episode. We're going to do our full cast assessment later on in September. Nicole and I will get together. There'll be a live show, and we'll talk about our thoughts on all 18 players. Plus, Josh, it's been confirmed. I've been in communication with Corinne. Corinne will be back this September to give her brutal cast assessment of these 18 new players. Oh, my God. It's going to be brutal. It is going to be Savage for this cast, I imagine. Not Andrew Savage. Yes. Uh, Good news for Josh and Reed. Uh, The word on the street is that I think Corinne will be a fan of theirs. I get the sense that that might be the case. Yes, I think so. All right. I think you you might get two official endorsements on this podcast (laughs) in favor of Josh Canfield. Yes. All right, let's talk about number four. And this has to do with the twists. Now, there was a little bit of a hokey pokey going on back in May where we talked about this on, I think it was maybe on one of the friggin' fives, or maybe it was my interview with Dalton Ross, where Jeff Probst went on Dalton Ross's uh, satellite radio show on the E! Entertainment radio show on Sirius XM and said, hey, guess what? Blood versus Water is next season. Redemption Island, we're bringing it back. And then... When Dalton Ross went out on location, Jeff Probst said, you know what I said about Redemption Island? I was uh, psych. <laughs> I was kidding. Uh, and let me just tell you this. We're not having a Redemption Island, but we tricked everybody. But when I wasn't lying. It was like a Tony thing. It's like, look, when I told you about the Redemption Island, I was telling you the truth. But then I changed my mind. And so now there is no Redemption Island. But when I was telling you that there was a Redemption Island, I was telling you the truth. But now this is actually no Redemption Island. So I'm not lying to you. I just changed what I had to do. And that was my strategy. So it's a little bit of a circular thing. So no Redemption Island. Was Probst uh, speaking from within the spy shack? <laughs> yes. And he was speaking llama. Got it. I was speaking llama to you when I said there was going to be a Redemption Island, but there will be no Redemption Island this season. Okay. So, let's talk about the new twist that is taking the place of Redemption Island this season. Josh, it's the return of Exile Island. <laughs> new twist, same as the old twist. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. So well, this, this is awkward for you, uh, considering you just had your <laughs> epic twistery where you 
poo-pooed all over Exile Island. Yes. Now, <laughs> this is sort of like a ding-marry kill, I guess. Of, uh, <laughs> Redemption Island, Exile Island, or what other island can I have? Uh, Long Island? The Lost Island? <laughs> the Island of Manhattan? Yeah. Okay. So, give, that, give that choice to John Rocker. Yes, yes. So I would have to say that I would rather Exile Island than Redemption Island. I, I think, is, is that like the lesser of two evils, Josh? Um, normally, yeah. I do wonder, it was so good on Blood vs. Water. It really was Redemption Island. I really enjoyed it quite a bit. You know, I'm not a fan of Redemption Island after the merge. I don't think many people are. Uh, but it created a lot of great drama um, that, that first season. And I think that the way that they're talking about doing it now is, is going to be kind of similar. And at least it sort of preserves that whole once you're voted out, you are totally done, uh, which is clearly crucial to the game of Survivor. So I don't know. I'm, I'm willing to see. But I, do, I liked Redemption Island on Blood vs. Water. Yeah, I wouldn't be mad if they had Redemption Island in the pre-merge, and then once the merge happens, then that's it for Redemption yeah, Island, and then let's do individual reward challenges. Yes, 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 yes. But that's not what we're doing. So here's what's going to happen. Instead of the Redemption Island arena, we're going to have the Exile Island arena, and that each time we're going to have a battle, two loved ones are going to square off against each other, and the loser is going to Exile Island. Now, Josh... I was thinking about this recently, and I think what, what, where this thought came from is whether it was Jeff Probst or Mark Burnett or the producers or CBS, but somebody in the mix said, hey, you know what was really awesome? When Otis and Vetus went head to head, and it was brother versus brother in that one challenge, imagine if we had that every single week. And yeah. here's how you could tell that they love this challenge. One, they, they're doing this as a twist on the show to try to make the loved ones have to battle each other every single week. If you go also to CBS.com right now and go to the Survivor page, like as the things scroll through, there's like a rotating slider of like meet the new cast of Survivor. And it's like, oh, Parvati, watch Parvati's video. And then like the third or fourth thing is a picture of Otis and Vetus head to head in their duel and says rewatch Survivor Blood versus Water. So the thumbnail image that they're cho- they're showing us of the entire season of Survivor Blood versus Water is Otis and Vetus dueling. And so this is clear they love this, they want to recreate this and all because of one matchup in one reward challenge in Survivor Blood versus Water. Yeah. Uh, it's very, very probably true. That's probably what's going through their head when they're coming up with this twist. Now, Josh, do you think this will work? Okay, on paper, it's like, all right, we're going to have loved ones fighting against each other, and one of them's going to Exile Island, and it's going to be a bad thing, and we're going to get the loved ones to turn on each other. Do you think it's going to play out that way? It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, one, One thing that I also think is in favor of redemption island on blood versus waters it it forces the loved one to watch their loved one get out of the game for good uh whereas here you're really you're only sending them off to exile island for a few nights and you know what's really the big deal about that um so i i feel like some of the drama is getting sucked out with uh transitioning this from redemption to exile 
I also I don't think it's going to play out the way they think it's going to play out. Because do you think people are going to like throw challenges? I think there's going to be a lot of challenge throwing, yeah, and that's yeah. not going to be fun to watch. I mean, look at the first blood versus water. How many people would have gone really head to head and say, "Okay, let's win. Let's see who wins this." You would have had Otis and Vetus, and right. then how many other people would have would have gone head to head? Maybe Katie and Tina might have might have really gone after each other, or Laura and Sierra, but you know. Uh, I don't think that John and Candace were gonna like have like a uh, you know a, a let's go head to head or Rupert and I, they, they might maybe have. maybe uh, Rupert and Laura certainly weren't Brad right. and Monica certainly weren't going to do that um, you know I'm trying like Colton and Caleb I don't think that that would have uh, you know no. w- would have been a matchup where it was like you know let's let's go toe to toe on this you know I think there's gonna be a lot of chivalry. And a lot of people are going to say, I'm going to just let my loved one, I don't want my loved one to suffer. Yeah, I could see that. I certainly could, especially, you know, with, with um, you know, someone like Dale and Kelly, father-daughter duo. I could see Dale just being like, yeah, I'm going to exile. Now, that being said, maybe um, we're not getting 100% of the factors here. If there was something where it was like, all right, Josh, so here's what's going to happen. You and your wife are going to go into the the exile island arena and you guys are on different tribes but if you lose your tribe gets punished in some way so if there's some sort of like other part of it it's not enough for it's like well i'll just go to exile island and it's i guess it like it affects your game but you'd still probably go to exile island instead of sending your wife to exile island but if there was something that were really hurt you're standing in the game where it's like okay and if you win your tribe gets a reward you know, you know, the winning tribe gets a reward also. Right. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I'm, I am like it's am, almost there, but as currently as I understand it, I don't think it's a very great idea. I am, uh, I am whelmed at the announcement of the Return of Exile Island. <laughs> yeah. You know, and who knows, maybe it'll be great. Maybe it'll be great, and I'm, I'm holding out hope that it will be, but it just, it doesn't do much for me either way, to be no. honest with you. no. And so, and then what happens, like, let's say, okay, Natalie and Nadia are, are in the game, or let's say John Rocker, John Rocker, first one out, okay, so now, what is John Rocker's wife, is she exempt she, from? Yes, yeah, she's, she's done, she never has to worry about Exile Island. Is that official? How, can you imagine how that would work? Does she get uh, to challenge so, somebody then? I guess, I don't know. And, and how do they decide? Is she the one that nominates who, who's in the duel? Yeah, how do they decide who's going to be in the duel? Is it like Big Brother where there's like a head of household and they're going to pick two nominees to go up into the duel? And the head of household is like the lingering leftover, like the, the loved one pair? Whoever won from last week, whoever came back from Redemption Island, they get to pick the next two people to go in? That's interesting. Maybe. That, that's, that, that is interesting. But again, we're just making stuff up. I don't think know. <laughs> the other thing that I... That I you know, when Exile Island was very interesting to me was always when there were multiple people on Exile Island. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously Token Genes being the big example of the threat of the possible Exile Alliance that never manifests, but it was a cool idea. And, you know, this Exile Island is boring to me when it is really, which is against the name of Exile Island, but when it's just one person out there, I feel like it's kind of a waste of screen time. Uh, and it, it doesn't offer too much in terms of uh, developing the strategy of the game. So I would, I would like it if, you know, maybe it was, uh, if there was something, if there was some way to get, like, pairs 
to Exile Island, where there's some way to get, you know, uh, you know, a, a pair of the loved ones get stranded in Exile Island as a consequence of something. But I, I don't really know how you would make that work. Yeah, it sucks when you have people who are just there by themselves. It's always the same exact edit where it's like, oh man, Exile Island. It's like, uh, you know, I guess I should look, get fire. Should I look for the clue? Yeah. Like, oh man, like I didn't know it was going to be so hard out here by myself. Um, also, the clue to the hidden immunity idol will be at Exile Island, but it will, the idol itself will be back at camp. Correct. So you don't even have, uh, you're not even going to have hunting around Exile Island for immunity idols, yeah. which is like the only fun thing about Exile Island. Oh, actually, you know, you know, I can confirm, I'm looking at the CBS website, and uh, my idea of the reward for the person that wins the duel is actually for real. Uh, According to CBS.com, this season marks the return of Exile Island, where each week two loved ones will square off against each other in a battle that will send the loser to isolation on Exile Island, while the winner receives reward for his or her tribe. Um, And also, however, the winner will also have to choose a tribe mate to accompany their loved one to Exile Island. So, all right, so both of the things that we said we wanted, it looks like we are going to get. Can they choose themselves? Okay, so it says... The, um, however, the winner will also have to choose a tribe mate to accompany their loved one to Exile Island. So, so it, you think that rules themselves out? Can't be like, I'm going to Exile Island with my loved one. Josh, do we know if the loved ones are starting on the same tribes as their other loved ones, or are they starting on different tribes this season? No, they're starting on different tribes, so the loved ones are split apart. Okay, so let's say John Rocker wins the first challenge first exile island challenge and his wife loses now john rocker gets to pick somebody from her tribe to go with her i guess i guess that's how it works but but john couldn't select himself is what i'm wondering right but if they're not on the same tribe he can't select himself so he picks two people from the same tribe to go he would or does he pick one one person person from his own tribe no he picks one person according to this it says the winner will also have to choose a tribe mate to accompany uh, their loved one to exile. So maybe is, he's either choosing somebody from her tribe or somebody from his own tribe. I'm I'm taking that as from his own tribe. Okay. Uh, to to go with his loved one, and I would I feel like it's a wasted opportunity not to allow himself to go with her. Uh, you know, I, don't you don't you want the loved ones together whenever you can? I I think that what they like to have is they like to keep them apart. So that they could say, oh, I miss them so much. Like, I think they don't want to, like, having them together isn't as fun as having them like, oh, I wish I could see them. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. We'll see how this goes. I'm actually more optimistic about this than when we started this conversation. All right. Well, let's see. Yeah, we'll see. I think it could could be more interesting than we gave it credit for at, at the start of topic number four. We shall see. All right, Josh, number five here of the seven things you need to know about Survivor San Juan del Sur. And this is going to be a controversial one, and it doesn't have to do with the game on the island. It has to do with the survivors back here at home because number five is that the survivors from season 29 will not be on social media. Wow. Yes. It happened. It happened. And so... This was something that we talked about a lot during this past season. There was a lot of stuff going on on Twitter between Tony and Cass and Spencer and all, all, of, these, all of these people from uh, this past season. 
And so Tasha and, you know, who's tweeting to who, who's friends with who. And, you know, Jeff Probst, it drove him crazy. It drove a lot of people crazy. A lot of people loved it. And a lot of people also, it made them mad because they felt like it was spoilers. And they went on, you know, because all these people had these feuds. And you knew that then they weren't going to get back together because they hated each other. And so Jeff Probst did a Reddit uh, AMA. Uh, where he talked about this and he said, I'm working on publicity right now to get this shut down. Well, a couple of weeks ago or last week, um, Jeff Probst responded to a tweet from Sharon underscore 531 who said, at Jeff Probst, I stopped watching after I saw one of the contestants tweeting from home while the show was still on. Now, Sharon underscore 531, with all due respect, um, this doesn't even sound like you saw a spoiler. It sounds like Sharon underscore 531 was under the impression the show is happening in real time and people being on social media ruined that illusion for her. Well, that's... There, we have to have a conversation about that. <laughs> We're going to have to sit down and talk through that one. <laughs> so, so for Sharon underscore 531... The fact the show isn't occurring in real time for her sounds like that was the issue. But Jeff Probst retweeted her and said, all caps like Tyrone Davis, we killed that for S29 through beyond. It's over. It's been killed. It's been, he killed it with fire. It's dead. Wow. Well, what do you think about this, Rob? Uh, I, is this going to uh, weaken the podcast? Because I know you love that social media section. I don't think it'll weaken the podcast. In, in some ways, it makes it easier. I don't, I don't think that people only watch this or listen to us to hear what the survivor said on social media. It's fun because we commentate on it. But, you know, it's hard to dance around that stuff without talking about spoilers sometimes. So in some ways, it makes my life easier. It makes my life a little less fun. Also, because, you know, I I just think in so many ways, Survivor 28 just broke it. You know, we're not going to have after Survivor know-it-alls, Tony going on or Tony's friends at his sleepover party going on Twitter and killing Stephen Fishback. And that was uh, so much fun. Well, who's yeah, who's going to point out when Stephen has shit on his glasses? Yes. And when Stephen is getting things wrong. So, um, you know, it, it what it may do and I think that where I'm not too worried about this in terms of the podcast, I think what you're going to see is the former ca- uh, contestants, the Elizas, uh, all these people from the past are going to be able to be a bit more unfiltered on Twitter because they don't have to worry about, like, if you were to go on Twitter and say, you know, this person sucks, worst player ever, that person's not going to be able to respond to you for quite some time. And so I think that what you might see is the uh, social media of the past survivors end up becoming more prominent and more aggressive without being kept in check by the current survivors themselves. Uh, So this is just going to... Open season! (laughs) Gloves are coming off. (laughs) Yes. So that's what I I think that we could see more uh, aggressive tweeting from some of the uh, past survivors, you know, sniping at the current contestants. So it, it could get a little nasty. It could get a little nasty out there. But don't worry, Josh, because there is one person who is going to make sure that that is not going to be the case. Who's that? 
at Jatia PhD tweeted out yesterday since hashtag survivor San Juan del Sur contestants can't tweet, I will defend your actions on your behalfs. Hashtag, even if they're dumb. Hashtag, you're welcome. Hashtag, been there. She's like Batman. Oh my gosh. She's going to be, uh, uh, she's going to be the caped crusader of, of survivors on Twitter. If you cannot tweet, I will be there to defend you. Who spilled the rice? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So uh, she is going tweet to watch, watch Watch you back, Eliza. <laughs> Check your DMs. <laughs> so if any of the survivor tweeters get out of line, Jatia will be there. Oh my God, she's the the paladin of Survivor social media. <laughs> yes, just the Holy Crusader who's just going to protect us all. That's great. <laughs> yes, so uh, she will be there to watch your back. Eighteen players. Um, interesting. Now, if John Rocker, hypothetically, yeah. mm-hmm. if John Rocker uh, gets out of line. And he starts saying, hypothetically, hypothetically, if John Rocker says offensive comments and then uh, I go on Twitter and I blast John Rocker for saying offensive uh, comments, will Jatia be there to stop me? I don't know. I guess that's going to be situational. <laughs> That'll be a real Rafe's choice for uh, Jatia at that point in time. It's going to be a tough call. <laughs> It'll be a, a real Guatemala situation. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so Jatia is going to have to walk a fine line herself. What do you think about this rule overall? Podcast aside, as a Survivor viewer, are you happy that Jeff has gotten no, his way? No, no, I, I'm not. I don't think that this was the right call to make. I think what we needed to do was this is like the equivalent to me of like, up, oh, too many kids are having babies. Abstinence, it's abstinence rule now. Okay, that's it. Like, uh, no, I think what we need to do was to uh, educate. We need to hand out the social media condoms to people. Because, you know, that people who are on reality TV shows, they're going to find ways. They're gonna, these, the kids are going to be having sex anyway. Yeah. The reality TV stars are going to find a way on social media anyway. So I think what we needed to do was to tell people what's, what is okay and what's not okay. And I don't think we were doing that before. I think we were just like, okay, we're back. So feel free. You know, tweet away. You know, here's a picture. You know, tweet this out. And I think what we needed to do was to say, okay, you are not you know allowed to talk about this you're not allowed to do this you're not allowed to do this you know what you are allowed to do is you know if somebody says like uh you know compliments your game or 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 whatever you you know write back to the fans i think we have an untapped resource here in outreach i think the the while the bad could be bad i think there was still good i think we threw the baby out with the bath water by totally shutting it down and i think that in some ways selfishly i think jeff Probst feels like hey I'm in the interactive living room. People want to tweet during the show? Tweet to me. You don't need to be tweeting to Tony, to Cass, to Spencer, to John Rocker, to any of these other people. You want to talk Survivor, you talk to me. Is this a play for probes to get more followers? I don't think it's so much a play for followers, but I think that he's like, hey, you know, I'm the executive producer of the show. I know what I want the conversation to be online. And so if anybody is going, I don't want people having a million different conversations 
on on Survivor on social media. I'm the maestro. I'm in the interactive living room. You want to talk Survivor during the show? Follow me. Interesting. I think that's really what he it comes to. He put his down. foot down. I think he he put it, he did put his foot down. Everybody's grounded indefinitely. Everybody's grounded. It's my show. I'm leading the conversation and I don't think that's how social media works. I don't think you can ever put the toothpaste back in the tube. You know, I think when you try to stifle things on the internet, I think that's when the internet uh, reacts negatively. People, you can't control it. So what's going to happen? Do you think that survivors are going to tweet anyway? I, I don't know exactly how it's going to play out. I think people are going to be scared at first. And I don't know if they read them the riot act or they told them that they're going to take their money away. I think there will be a lot of narcs out there if anybody uh, is tweeting from you know any sort of like unauthorized account or whatever i think people will get narked on to uh, jeff probe so it'll be interesting to follow how that's going to uh come about i wonder if there will be like people like with like fan accounts like let's say hypothetically uh you know uh give give me somebody who's on this season josh pick somebody random uh alec christie okay alec christie Will there be a Twitter Alec Christie fan, you know, or Survivor Alec fan that is on Twitter and then that person is like tweeting during the shows and it's like fan account for Alec Christie and then after the season is over that will just become the Alec Christie Twitter account? Could be. Could be. So, you know, I just think that this policy of okay, we're shutting it down, is going to lead to people trying to figure out ways around this. And I think this, the better way to go is to, you know, tell, teach these people what's right or, and what's wrong, you know. I think you do probably need to oversee it, which, you know, I don't think that necessarily CBS has the manpower to be doing, and it's not a business that they want to be in. But I do think that the potential good you know, outweighs the bad. I said it at the time where Cochran gave out his Twitter handle at the finale. I don't think Cochran having 150 Twitter, 150,000 Twitter followers is a bad thing for Survivor. I think it's a positive thing for Survivor that people are looking to reach out to Cochran. I think that you're probably going to get more of people trying to drop their Twitter, you know, handles during things. If since you said they weren't allowed to do it all during the season, right? So, I just think that it's going to lead uh, to bad places. I don't think that, you know, dad saying, that's it. No more Twitter in this house. That's it. You know, I think that the kids are still going to be able to, you know, get their hands on it. And I think that uh, that abstinence analogy is, is, is very similar. It's like the more that you say, no, you can't do it. We don't want, we don't want you to do it. Not in my house. Not until you're 18. You know, like they're going to find a way to get around this. Quick glance at the cast of Survivor San Juan del Sur, uh, Rob. Yes. And, and thinking about this through the framework of, of social media, who are you the most upset about that we will not get to see tweet this season? Besides who, John Rocker? Obviously, besides John Rocker. <laughs> and frankly, that guy's probably, if he's on social media, nothing's going to stop him. <laughs> nothing's nothing's going to stop uh, John I Rocker. I don't think, I don't think so. Um, you know, I feel like from these people that are going through, you know, I don't know if there's anybody that it's like, oh, man, I'm dying to know what they would have tweeted. Um, Natalie and Nadia, I think, would have been uh, probably the most like Tony on Twitter uh, throughout the season where I think they would have been very impulsive and, you know, very, you know, good to 
their people who are their fans, the people who are their haters. They would tell them, you know, uh, where they can go. Um, I feel like, uh, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I bet Josh would be a good tweeter. Uh, maybe that's just something about the name and might be. yeah, I don't know. Uh, I feel like, uh, Keith would be, I'm sorry. Uh, Wes would be pretty wacky on Twitter. Lots of selfies. <laughs> Lots of selfies. But again, I don't know if there's anybody that we, I'm too depressed about or we're not going to be able to hear what they say on Twitter. Do you think we will get uh, a Survivor Spider-Man account? Survivor Spider-Man? Uh, I think that after that comment, I think we will. I'm looking forward to, to hearing about it. Okay, what will Survivor Spider-Man say? Uh, I don't know. Lots of Spider-Sense tingling. Yeah. With great social media power comes great responsibility. Uh, with with great power comes great blindsides. <laughs> sure, sure. Do you think that um, Reed will tell people that he was in the Spider Man? I don't think he should. I don't think that there's any reason to. Okay. I um, mean, it could kind of be like that moment on um, All Stars when Ethan goes to Rupert and he's like, "You know me. You saw how I played. You know you can trust me. I'm a trustworthy guy." Reed could go up to someone and be like, "I was Spider Man. You know you can trust me. I'm Spider Man." This is a trustworthy guy. So maybe that would be good. Uh, should Reed just tell people that he was Spider-Man in Times Square? <laughs> no, because you don't want to trust that guy. <laughs> that guy does drugs and touches you and hits people. It's not good. You don't want to out yourself as any of the Times Square costumed people. <laughs> it's bad. I'm with John Rocker on that one. Uh, what would the Times Square Spider-Man, if he was on the show, would he have to say he was a construction worker? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay, that would probably be a good idea. You don't want to reveal that. All right, two more things that you need to know about Survivor San Juan del Sur. But I want to take a moment to thank our sponsor for this episode of the Survivor Podcast, uh, and those are our friends over at Hulu Plus who want to uh, remind you that Hulu Plus is so much more than the regular old Hulu that you've probably tried on your computer, Josh. Because with Hulu Plus, you get to watch TV on your schedule. And you're a busy guy. I know you could appreciate that. I absolutely can. Yes, because Hulu Plus has the current season episodes of tons of your favorite shows, like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, 24 Live Another Day. I know that's that's one of your favorites. And uh, Master Chef, even. Plus, you could watch the back catalog of a bunch of shows like Community, like Doctor Who, uh, and many of the seasons of Survivor. Because Hulu Plus works on your computer, Smart TV, Roku, Apple TV, Xbox, and pretty much any streaming device that you already own. You could even watch on your phone, tablet, on the 7 train. If you're on the 7 train with John Rocker, you could be watching Hulu Plus. That's right, at the dentist. Uh, at work or even in the bathroom, Josh. And I know that's your number one or number two place to watch Hulu Plus, right? It's my, it's my number two place. <laughs> uh, you could even take off a whole day just to binge. Uh, and God knows I love to do that because with Hulu Plus, you're in total control to stream these and thousands more as much as you want whenever you want. And you'll even get to watch originals like uh, last summer's breakout hit Quick Draw, a fully improvised, outrageous comedy set in the Wild West. Uh, you can check out season one and season two now on Hulu Plus. So for only $7.99 a month, get your shows anytime, anywhere. And right now we're offering the listeners of Rob as a Podcast a two-week free trial when you go to HuluPlus.com 
slash Rob. That's a whole extra week for free. And that's really going to cut down the time. Before you know it, you watch two free weeks of Hulu Plus. Survivor is going to be practically here by that point. So make sure you use HuluPlus.com slash Rob to get an extended free trial. And they know that we sent you over. It helps support the podcast and it gives you a better deal. That's one more time for the extended free trial of Hulu Plus. Go to HuluPlus.com slash Rob. Okay, Josh, let's get into number six. The number six thing that you need to know on Survivor San Juan del Sur. And we have an unbalanced gender number for only the second time, right? Yeah, uh, other than Survivor Fiji, I think this is the first time where this is the case. Okay, so what happened here? Why do we have 10 men and only 8 women? Well, I believe it's the same reason we have Exile Island, uh, is because they they sent 20 people out there, and two of the survivors, or one of, one of the pairs, um, one of the people on the pairs, uh, failed the medical exam, I believe. Um, and that pair were, uh, it was a pair of women. Um, so... Right out out the gate, two women out of the game. It's got to be 18 players, and it's going to be 10 men and 8 women. So it is what it is, I guess. Is there any truth to the rumor that one of the women was Casey Anthony? Rob, stop pushing <laughs> Casey Anthony on Survivor. Was it? <laughs> yeah. Please. Please. Okay. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Because um, that's one of those things you keep, keep saying, it and then eventually it happens. Yeah, I feel like you're going to will something really bad into existence. Okay. All right. So <laughs> two women are... It's going to be like survivor racists versus murderers pretty soon. <laughs> Eventually. Like, oh, my yeah. God. William. It's the most talked about survivor yet. Survivor <laughs> racists versus murderers. If it was like one of those uh, four tribe seasons, what would the other two be? You have uh, racists, you have murderers. Hmm. Um. You know, let's not even... (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Hey, everybody. I'm Parvati Shallow, and I'm here on the set of Survivor Racist vs. Murderers. Uh, It's going to be the most exciting season that we've ever had yet. We talked to Jeff, and this is what he had to say. Oh, it's this is a a really lighthearted group that we've got out here on Survivor Racist vs. Murderers, right? Two of the players were actually murdered before the game began, so we have to switch to Exile Island. <laughs> it's an unbalanced number of people this season. Uh, it's very unbalanced. Yeah. Two of the people, uh, they got called back on their parole, so we're not able to have all of the people we wanted. But it's going to be really, really fun. Yeah, I don't think I'd watch that one. <laughs> I, I like watching Survivor quite a bit. I think I would probably tap out at uh, Survivor Racists versus Murderers. <laughs> but I don't know. Bring it up in the think tank. We'll see what people yeah. think. The racists might be okay. Murderers might be a bridge too far. I think it's not good in either direction. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, so let's uh, talk about the uh, group of 10 men versus 8 women. Josh, uh, do we think that this will impact the way the game is played do we think that the men will gang up on the women i don't necessarily think so uh i i don't think so do you think so you know it seems like if this was big brother i feel like that would definitely be more of a thing but i'm not i'm not super worried about it um that we're gonna have more uh men than than women um, do you think that we will tend to see if there were, are more men that make the merge that uh, a man will definitely win the season? Uh, it could be. It could be. I just I think that when you have a blood versus water season, I feel like there are so many other uh, dynamics in play that 
something like this, I, I don't think comes to the forefront quite as much the the gender issue. I think it's you know if you've got uh, if you've got concerns about say the the Christie brothers being you know alpha male threats going into the merge, you're going to be more likely to to knock one of them out than I don't know Missy for just as a as an example. So I, I'm I'm not too concerned about it. I don't think that'll be that bad. I just I, I think it sucks because we're down two players than uh, what was originally imagined and it would have been nice to have a, a couple of other ladies on the season and also with the tribes uh being unbalanced we also think back to survivor blood versus water the first time the last time we had a pair medevac from the game where it was former miss survivor uh rc and her dad what is it about survivor blood versus water that we keep having medevac pairs so they should have had uh rc and her dad come out for this one yes they should have been alternates they could have led uh, the, the two tribes. Well, you know, if anything, you know, if we had two women, one of the women was medevaced out, we should have RC come in and play with the person, the surviving woman from the pair of women that couldn't go. That would have been great. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Okay. All right. And one last thing about Survivor San Juan del Sur that we want to talk about. Uh, Josh, we have... Many firefighters and even a cop this season. Another cop on Survivor? Cops are us? Uh, cops are us. It's a cops and fire alliance. Okay. Uh, so who are the, is the police officer and firefighters from this season? Uh, so there's, there's one police officer. That's Val Collins. And her husband, Jeremy, is a firefighter. And we also have uh, Team Weef is a firefighting team. Okay. So uh, father and son firefighters. Father and son firefighters. Interestingly, I don't know why firefighters are hot all of a sudden, no pun intended, uh, according to CBS, because on the cast of Amazing Race this season, we have a team of firefighters. So I don't know what was going through the CBS casting offices. Where it's like, oh, firefighters are huge right now. Well, right now, firefighters are probably looking better than cops. Is that what it is? I think it's the zeitgeist. <laughs> uh well i don't know what it is about firefighters i mean like post 9 11 i get it but why is summer 2014 the summer of casting firefighters on reality tv shows i don't know we, we're looking for the new uh tom westman here i mean what are the chances between survivor and the amazing race that we have five firefighters uh competing on cbs to win a million dollars this summer or this fall? uh are Keith and Whitney, of formerly of Survivor, currently of Amazing Race, are they firefighters in their spare time? Because that's just going to complicate things so much further. I don't believe so. I, believe, I don't believe they are firefighters uh, in their spare time or volunteer firefighters. So do you think that uh, then if Wes and Keith are firefighters, do you think that they are going to be able to take one look at Jeremy and be able to, almost like Sarah and Tony, where they're going to go up to Jeremy like, are you a firefighter? Like, yeah, no, do you think no. Do they have uh, I'm a construction fire? worker. Do they have she, so Sarah had cop radar. Do they have fire dar? Fire uh, fire uh fire, fire radar, dar? fire dar? <laughs> I fire don't know. Dar? But that seems like those guys would have a good alliance. Yeah, it wouldn't be bad. Uh fire our us. Yes. And so, do you think conversely will Val lie to people that she is a cop? Now Tony lied about being a cop before Tony was even on Survivor, you would have to think that being a cop is going to really have a stigma at this point. I don't think there was a big stigma before Tony, when Tony was lying about being a cop. But I think after Tony, I think that being a cop is definitely going to raise some eyebrows. 
Yeah, it's the uh, the Vlacos factor. Uh, I I feel like being a cop on Survivor now, at least uh, for the immediate future, might raise some alarms. So I don't know. Uh, Val says in her in her video on CBS that she doesn't look like a cop necessarily. She's not wearing her hair the way that she wears it as a cop. Uh, maybe doesn't come off as necessarily the cop type. Um, so she might try and play it off. I wonder. Uh, that, that could be a thing that she tries to play down. I actually really like Val. I think Val has some serious potential here. Yeah. No, uh, Val and Jeremy, uh, look good. They might be the strongest pair. If you're going to put money on who's going to win the season and pick, you know, one of these two couples, I think, uh, they would probably be in the top three of people that you would choose from because, uh, like, you know, the, with the male, male teams, you say, okay, well, people probably try to pick them off. Uh, they don't have like a weak link on that team. Uh, they are probably, you know, you look the right way towards them uh, if you were trying to pick winners, which we will do later on in September. So that's going to be something interesting to track. Uh, will Val tell people that she is a police officer? Uh, will Jeremy hook up with the other firefighters? I think that, you know, when you've got a connection like that, I feel like it's always it's always good to try and leverage it a little bit. I see no reason why not to try and make some make something happen on the firefighter connection. Yeah, and then also, which pairs are going to hook up for an alliance? Because could Jeremy, Val, Keith, uh, and Wes end up be uh, a pair of people that work together as well? Yeah, that would be great. That would be cool. Yeah. So uh, that's uh, we'll we'll see. And to be to be continued. Yes. And after 9-11, the Mets wore hats of firefighters and police officers and EMTs and all sorts of stuff like that. So John Rocker probably really hates firefighters and police officers. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I think John Rocker is just going to hate everybody out there. Yeah. John Rocker will likely hate. Uh, he, he can find something to hate about just about every other contestant on the show. I think that sounds about right. <laughs> Just looking at the pictures. Uh, maybe Drew Christie and Alec Christie. Uh, maybe uh, those might be the two people that maybe John Rocker can't find anything to hate about them. Yeah, they're from Florida. Well, I believe Drew Christie says he likes to spend time in New York City. So I don't uh, know. He's out. He's out. I he's think out. he's out. And uh, That's not good. This could be uh, very fun for me also to have uh, two people, at least with the last name Christie, back on Survivor. Are you going to blindside them on your podcast? <laughs> no, no, stop, stop, stop. All right, so Josh, seven things we need to know about the Survivor San Juan del Sur. The eighth and final thing you need to know, bonus, the premiere of Survivor San Juan del Sur will be a 90-minute premiere kicking off on Wednesday, September 24th. It's the biggest night of the year for yours truly because we're going to start things off on at 8 o'clock with Survivor uh, 8 o'clock Eastern and Pacific, uh, of course, 7 Central, and then going right into the 90-minute finale of Big Brother 16 when uh, Derek will win the $500,000 prize, all coming up on Wednesday, September 24th. It's all happening. It's all happening. And then I think what we're going to do is then live on the night of September 24th, uh, I will be live to recap the finale of Big Brother and then... Um, probably sometime on Thursday, uh, maybe, maybe Thursday morning, hopefully, uh, if Stephen Fishback's schedule can allow it, uh, we can get together and record a know-it-alls at that point. I'll, I'll probably also, since there is no uh, Redemption Island, I'll also have an interview with the first person kicked off of Survivor. 
I'll also have an interview with the Big Brother Final Three that next day, followed by the Week One recap podcast for Survivor. So um, it's going to be a jam packed week. Things are heating up. Good thing we got some firefighters on. Whoa! <laughs> yes. So Get your fire dar going. It's all happening. Make sure you're locked in. Go to uh, robaswebsite.com slash iTunes and subscribe to Rob as a podcast or robaswebsite.com slash Survivor Podcast. We always appreciate everything uh, that you guys leave us as far as ratings and, and comments on iTunes as well. Josh, do you have a hashtag that we should give people for all this? And don't, don't say Survivor racist versus murderers. It's too long anyway. Too many characters. Too, too long. Uh, Firedar is nice and short. <laughs> Firedar. Okay. It's only uh, seven letters. Okay. F-I-R-E-D-A-R. I'm at Rob Sestrino on Twitter. Of course, Josh is at Round Howard. Like Ron Howard, but rounder. Okay. Josh, for people who have been out of the loop with uh, what we've been doing over the summer, uh, could you real quick give a rundown of what you're covering on post-show recaps? Oh, my God. We're doing so much. Uh, we've been uh, – Antonio Mazzaro and I have been uh, co-hosting podcasts on The Strain. Uh, we've been podcasting The Leftovers. Uh, we also have been doing uh, a weekly look back on Lost uh, because the 10-year the anniversary of the series premiere is coming up in September, which is crazy that, it, that it's been 10 years already. Uh, so we've been, we've been talking about that a lot. There's been a lot of good stuff, and we are, we're gearing up for even more good stuff. Sons of Anarchy is coming up. You and I are going to be talking about that, Rob. Yes, uh, Tuesday night's premiering uh, September 9th. Josh and I will be doing Sons of Anarchy live right after SOA, the final season on FX. That's all going to be on postshowrecaps.com. Yeah, and before you know it, we'll be talking Walking Dead in October, so we're in full swing. Yeah, so it's going to be a very, very fun fall on the networks of uh, Rob as a Podcast and uh, Post Show Recap. So hope to have you guys locked in. We'd love to hear your thoughts in the comments. God knows you guys are going to have a lot about all this if I know the audience of uh, Rob Has a Planet. So uh, looking forward to reading what you guys have to say. Of course, uh, be civil to each other. And don't be like John Rockers uh, on the message board. We always appreciate that. And then uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. And uh, take care, everybody. Bye.